Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have two extra special guests. They are co-hosts of the greatest podcast on iHeartRadio. Megan is a stand-up comedian and writer whose album My Dad Paid For This is available on iTunes. And CJ is a writer and director for House of Highlights. Uh, Please welcome Megan Gailey and CJ Toledano. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're Thanks so for excited. Having us. How are you holding up? Yeah. <laughs> How's life? You know, this is like a crossover. You know, when like 90210 would somehow be in Melrose Place. This yes. is that's what's happening. Our universes are merging. Totally. I love it. <laughs> um, we're doing okay. Yeah, know? we're doing good. I mean, we're we're doing as good as can be, is what I'm telling people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We I really like our way. house, and we really, for the most part, like each other. We <laughs> love each other. Don't let. That's good. But, I, but this is the thing. You always say love. Like is different. Of course, we love each <laughs> other. But like, I'm always trying to get him to admit that he likes me too. And he goes, "I love you." And it's like, okay, you you don't like me then. <laughs> well, love is permanent. I think that's what we. Uh, okay, we got food. <laughs> I mean, secrets. CJ's really, really, really extra sad about the NBA, as right. we all are. I think it's hitting him in a particularly sweet sad. Well, so I, I probably like you guys. I have all like the big sports media people on notifications on Twitter. So whenever mm-hmm. I get like a Woj or a Brian Windhorse or like given like a Bleach Report and NBA, when I read the words NBA, I'm like they're canceling it. They're canceling this. Yeah, I'm all cry. I think I'm gonna cry. Yeah, it is really sad and depressing, and just like not knowing when we're gonna see games again is horrible. Yeah, yeah. but it's like also I'm we're very fortunate and grateful that our friends and family for the so far have been you know stayed healthy and yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we feel lucky and then you know my my parents are now taking it seriously so my own my own circle I feel like is safe. So now my anxieties are just far reaching to strangers that I'll never meet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ups and downs, right? Is you're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. My family's doing okay. And then it's like the bigger picture causes a whole other anxiety. Yeah. And so you almost like hesitate to go to that bigger picture, but you know, we're good people. We have to go to the big <laughs> yeah. picture. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Totally. Um, we, so we, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background as far as like, how did you guys get into basketball and get to like being big fans today? Megan, you first. Oh, I go for, yeah, my story is a lot shorter, probably. Um, I, I, in, I grew up in Indiana, and so we like to fancy ourselves like the birthplace, the mecca of all basketball. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't even a, it wasn't even like getting into it. That's just kind of what is in your DNA when you're born. Babies are given yeah. a basketball at birth. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And so you're just a fan, whether you're going to play or not. I played for one year. I was really, really bad. But I always was like obsessed with the Pacers, very obsessed with our high school team. Um, It was like a huge deal when our high school would play our rival high school. Everything 
felt very like centered around sports just in my childhood. My brothers played basketball. They were, I mean, they're white, so they weren't great. They're both not tall men. They're both five nine now. They're not going to like that. They would say five ten, but they're fine. <laughs> but I would go and watch their games, and yeah, we would just we were lucky enough that we got to go to Pacers games all the time as kids, and and so I just fell in love with it then. And then I went to a Big Ten school, and Purdue loves basketball almost even more. Indiana college basketball is almost bigger than the Pacers are there. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. it just sort of feels like it's been a part of my life um, forever. And then when CJ and I started dating, that only like, if I was at a simmer on basketball, that really, now the pot is boiling over. (laughs) Boiling over, the house is on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Are you still a Pacers fan now? Yes. I mean, I, I love them so much I to the point I am watching every single live feed Victor Oladipo is doing amazing he took over over NBA's Instagram live and I was in there commenting my comments do not make sense I was like leaving out (laughs) what is he doing on Instagram he was singing he was singing Oh, of course. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, he, was, he has a he has a lovely voice. He has a beautiful yes. voice. He was thingamajig on the mass singer, which of is was the most like coincidental like it's great because we already loved the mass singer from the get-go yeah. it was like yeah we love singing shows we love american idol and whatever and uh mass singer was just so silly and a singing show and then all of a sudden victor Depot popped up on it yeah. and we're like someone pranking us and then he sang, <laughs> he sang casey musgraves rainbow on the mass singer and it went massively viral because it was like a really beautiful rendition and that was our wedding song before wow. oh my god so it all That's felt perfect yes and and victor Lodipo is megan's neighbor which everyone told I, us to stop telling i guess i <laughs> my parents still live in indy and they like live in a neighborhood that's easy to get to downtown and whatever. And Larry doesn't live there anymore, but did. But Victor lives across the street from them. Wow. Oh my God. Have Amazing. you ever met him? No, but my mom has. <laughs> and dad has. And her, dad, or her mom has met him, put things in the mailbox. Yes. When uh, he, oh, wow. When he made the all-star team last year, she put Pacers balloons on his mailbox. Oh, that's that's so cute. It's such a mom thing. She gave him a card that was like, you're not only an all-star player, you're an all-star person. That is adorable. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they, but like he has the same type of dog that my parents have. And so my mom, I think, feels especially kindred spirits to him. But he would perhaps have no idea who either of my parents are. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure he knows them if they live across the street. Yeah. yeah I, I think he'd be like, I've seen this elder white couple. I, <laughs> I can't quite. Is this Jeff Foster's parents? Um, but yeah, that's, that's my history. But you got a little history of basketball? Wow. Wait, you, you thought that was going to be short? Well, I'm very <laughs> long-winded. Um, no, I mean, my, my story very quickly is... Uh, <laughs> I was I was born in Marshalltown, Iowa. My parents had immigrated immigrated to to the U.S. and they were like, "We're going to let our kids be Americanized." And so the television was our way of like learning about culture. And 
being from the Midwest, WGN, um, we had Bulls games. We had every Bulls game. So not like, you know, Bulls games were like nationally televised, but then also we saw every game because it was W. They played every game on WGN. So like when I was growing up, it was Bulls games, SNL, and Fresh Prince. <laughs> all like there was always like some sort of overlap and like that's who i've been since like i've always managed to make it about one of those three things uh and yeah i played i played through grade school uh in high school a little bit and then uh caught my comedy career was going really bad and uh got a job with funny or die running the detroit pistons content i've been working in sports for the last six years Wow. Wow. That's, That's so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Now, most people, when they say your my career is going very badly, they don't then get a really cool job. Well, I just wasn't, <laughs> like, I went to stat, like, I was, I had written for Fallon, and I was like, I'm a TV writer now, I think, and then I didn't get staffed for two years. Yeah. After that. And then it was like. But you had the corduroy blazer. I had a corduroy blazer. <laughs> That's what really matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but you yeah. were annoying and arrogant. It yes. seems to continue that streak. Wow, I didn't know this was a roast battle. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty. Like that happens a lot, though. I think right with like TV writing jobs is like people just have gaps of time because that's just how the industry works. And then yeah, when someone was like, "How about a salary for a whole year?" I'm like, "What? I'll do anything." Yeah, and you're someone who they. Someone would be like, "Do you want to move to Kansas City?" And you'd be like, "Sweet, yeah." To go to the mall every day, yeah. So Detroit. <laughs> now, when most people would hear Detroit, they go, "I'm, I'm good." CJ said, "Oh, I can't wait." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you both have lived in the two cities of the game that we watched today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's I I feel like well maybe Detroit is kind of rough and tumble, but like I do think of the Midwest as being like very nice and pleasant for the most part. Like people are really pleasant to each other. Yes. Oh, like I always remember like going into a Dairy Queen and buying something after having lived out of Indiana, and the woman was like, "God bless you," and I'm like, "That's." And I have, you know, like that's, she was just saying that as her like, thank you. And I'm like, that shit is crazy to me. (laughs) You just start sobbing. You're like, thank you. God bless you. That's a lot from an hourly employee. Well, I feel like your God bless you out here is Megan likes to go to people who are taking pictures and go, I can take a picture of all of you if you want. And they're like, no, get away. It's something I I I traveled alone a lot and it was like Mm -hmm. a nice way to make friends. And I I totally I'm on board with that. I agree with you and I do that too and people will often look at me like I'm insane. I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah, I was trying to do something nice. This is crazy. Yeah, I'm not gonna steal your phone. Right. I just wanted to get a nice photo of you in front of the Eiffel Tower. And it's usually like a mom that's like, I don't like to be in them, or a dad that's like, no, and you're just like, okay, me being kind has nothing to do with your weird fucked up body image. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how did you two start the greatest? How did you come up with that idea? It's a great <laughs> podcast, by the way. Um, thank you so much. We you know, it's interesting because we are a couple and we have shared interests. 
and I'm someone who's extremely thirsty. And so like <laughs> the minute we consummated our relationship, I was like, how can we monetize no, this? No, don't, <laughs> don't even joke about that. And my managers were like, you got to let people come to you. And <laughs> Listen, well, we, we, we were friends for eight years and we started dating and then, you know, two comedians and people were like, when are you guys going to work together? And I would go, never, please. Like, I don't want to ever fight over anything. But then, you know, we got married and we're like, oh, we actually, we were working with each other, whether we knew it or not. Like we bouncing ideas off each other or whatever. And then iHeartRadio was like, hey, we both know you guys in the sports space. Like we would love to figure out an idea. And here's an idea that we have, you know, kind of debating sports very lightly. Um, and everyone always has that goat conversation. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they really knew that they would get sort of like this newlyweds aspect of the podcast. And so, <laughs> you know, we kind of just go yeah. on there, we interview our friends and then we, we talk about in very lighthearted, like, Oh, what do you guys think is the best of whatever sports topic or category? So it's been fun so far. Yeah. And it's, That's it's awesome. always interesting to hear like who, because it's such a, it's kind of an emotional thing, right? Like, a, yeah. like people are very emotionally connected to athletes, and so yeah. when you hear someone's reasons behind why they love an athlete, it's like emotions come out essentially, and and you know it's funny yeah. too. But it's like you get to know that person, which is really well, cool. and you also like. If you read our reviews, there's people that are like, I hate how much that girl hates the Patriot. Like, (laughs) I don't like this podcast. It's like her opinions are like even everything. We're all we all just come like to the table with so many emotions. And I'm like a classic Homer and like do not apologize for it. (laughs) Well, and I bet you guys get this too is like, yeah, in the reviews, people are like, I hate anecdotes. I hate story. And it's just like... (laughs) Like people will actually listen to our podcast because they think they're going to hear the actual greatest. Like they're actually going to hear who's that Kobe or Jordan or LeBron. And it's like, no, like we, it's just like a fun exercise to like, you know, hear why people like Victor Lodipo or like, like this sports movie. And it's like, and we have comedian friends and it's fun to hear like the, the why we like sports and the fun ways. Yeah. Right. So, totally. And scientists. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the the haters just make you stronger. Yeah. That's how I see it. Oh, wow. I the every negative review is burned on my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like no one's like our, our kind of attitude is like, if you want facts and stats, do not just go away because yeah. you're not this is going not to the find show that. for you. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. we are going to give you um ridiculousness and silly stories yeah. and things that have nothing to do with sports. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We will go on tangents. That's just uh, and we will spend a huge part of every episode talking about butts. Like yeah. that's just who we are. <laughs> By the way, yeah, what is the greatest butts? Who do you guys think? J-Lo. J-Lo. No, Ooh. In, the, in the world? <laughs> in the world? I consider uh, J-Lo to be in sports because she performed at the halftime show. Yeah. I mean, she she has a great butt. There's no arguing with a J-Lo yeah. nomination. Maybe Draymond? I don't know. I, yeah, there's definitely... I honestly feel like I'm more drawn to the NFL butts just because you can see well, them. Only basketball yeah. There's definitely butts. That- no, I love PJ Tucker. So yeah, I guess PJ, PJ Tucker's Tucker. got a great. Yeah, he Tucker. does. He's he, got a yeah, very. I mean, of big course, Kyle, nice Kyle Lowry. 
Yo. Kyle Lowry's got the most famous butt yep. in the NBA. I mean, we, I, I agree with what you're saying about the uh, NFL players, like their butts are on display. So yeah. that's, that's like uh, better. And I, and we, we are actually have a campaign going to try to get short smaller in the NBA. Oh, yeah. um, and we'd appreciate your support with that. Cause we just, we just really want to get a better look at them. Yeah, totally but, yeah, CJ wears an above <laughs> the knee short. Well, I yeah, I, yeah. I really like this trend because you know athletes have muscular legs. Beautiful body. NBA players are tall, so yeah. like yeah. You know, baggy shorts covering the the shape and all that. It's like guys, show that off. Yeah, let's see yeah. these games. Yeah, it, it was almost interesting watching this like 2004 game. Yeah. Because yeah. you could see it was like, oh, yeah, these are like how the guys that I like thought were hot in high school dress. You know? <laughs> totally. Like, super XL shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did mention that. We were like, oh, these are like early 2000s, like the trends of just yeah. the huge pants. They were, they were untucked jerseys. Yeah. yeah, the the so fact big. that they wouldn't wear undershirts also. So they have these like massive armholes that yeah. are just like showing I mean they just side they're boob? not well yes. kind of <laughs> side boob, but they're just kind of baggy. Like they're not really yeah. like a slightly uh, um sad but nice tribute when the first Lakers game after Kobe's death, LeBron obviously he wore the sneakers, but then anyone who was like a basketball fan in the early 2000s noticed that he wore an oversized jersey for mm-hmm. Kobe in it, but it looks oh, right. it looks strange on on LeBron because he like had his normal kind of like form fitting shorts, but then yeah. he had a baggy jersey. I didn't. I did not notice that. Yeah. It. They all look like they're wearing their dad's clothes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Re- Reggie's suit was big. Yes. yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. When they showed, it was Jeff Foster and. Reggie were sitting next to each other. Guys. No, but then the, who was the white guy with the weird glasses? Oh, oh, Scott Pollard. Oh my! They both look like swingers. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, he has some bad. He looks like style. a kickboxer. He had like, great, and he had like Guy Fieri sideburns. And wild. wore tinted sunglasses. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a amazing. But when you're like an athlete in Indiana, no one's going to tell you no. They're like, great. Who's that movie star? Yeah. I remember seeing Rick Smith's wife in overalls. And it was like, yeah, bitch, go off. (laughs) So um, going from butts to kissing, which players would you kiss? Current players or it could be like all-time players? Oh, I would love to kiss Jalen Rose. Mm. I'm like really, really drawn to him on the spiritual and, and physical mm-hmm. connection. Um, I would love to kiss LeBron. No, oh, yeah. I think that that would be fun and cool. And um, yeah, PJ Tucker is my current NBA number one stud. Get those pancake kisses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love PJ on the show. He's yeah, he such an angel. Great outfits. He's just like, I, I mean, some of it too is I feel like if we met him, maybe he would like us, you know, like yeah. he could make that happen. <laughs> totally. He's, like he, he seems he funny. Could be our friend. <laughs> yeah. He's like a funny chill guy. CJ, who do you want to, who would you want to kiss? I've, I've, I have my, I like like current player. Maybe I really like uh, Shay Alexander uh, Gillis. Oh yeah. Oh um, I think he's cool. His style's cool. And I've always said, because I get asked this question a lot, 
like attracted them. Really? Yeah, I, I like it was like a party conversation that I would have. Uh, <laughs> but like Jim Jackson, I don't know if you guys know Jim Jackson. He was like so good looking back in the day. Uh, Kendall Gill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, I'm look- Jim Jackson on a broadcast recently, and you were like. It was like an old one, and you were like, "Oh yeah, he was." Just, uh, he was just like mm. just all American looking. Yeah, he's very yeah. Handsome. Gabe's Gabe's pulling up some photos right now in, in the Discord. Yeah. It looks he looks great. Yeah, Rick Fox obviously was. Oh was yeah. A one. Um, oh yeah. Like more current players that. I would kiss D Wade too. Oh yeah, D Wade's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, me too. Wade's little baby girl too. I yeah. would love to hold Aww. her. He <laughs> D Wade is like so, also so nice. Like you, I would just want yeah. to like be in a relationship with him. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to fight with Gabrielle Union. No, we That's... could have a thruple. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I think they could probably use the help with their kids right now too. You know, yeah, yeah. They got a handful True. at home. They're having a homeschool. Maybe you come in, you teach a few lessons. I pull my <laughs> glasses off and put my hair down, and yeah. <laughs> she's all that. I stuff. think there are a lot of celebrities. I mean, I don't know about them, but I, there are a lot of celebrities that I'm sure are like for the first time having to spend a lot of time with their children and don't know what to do. Yeah, it's I, so I, crazy. I think. I think these uber rich people are doing secret things though. I think a lot of them have kept their staff on. Mm, yeah. It's possible. And just been like you you quarantine here now. Which I th- yeah, which is nice, I think. Yeah. Well, except for they can't see their families yeah, and stuff. Oh, like there's a nanny who's like, "Oh, I want to go see my Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I just want to hang out with a celebrity. That's like, that's like, so I'm like, yeah, cool. It's like, no, you're cleaning their house. Yeah. You're not hanging out, CJ. My bad. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there, there's got to be some of that going on because I'm sure a lot of these people like don't even know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they've got. I think they got staff in there. I did just hear like I was listening to Kimmel on Simmons, and he was like, I tried to order takeout like three days in a row and no one will come to my house because i'm sure it's just like hidden in the hills and i'm like oh my, oh god. my god i hope these celebrities are able to eat They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's who i'm worried about yeah. the rich and famous Listen, he owns a restaurant I'll get my priorities he, he's gonna, he has a steakhouse yeah just, yeah why does yeah, he just order talk delivery to from your own food. yeah, yeah. They have Chick-fil-A's in their basements. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we have been talking about uh, what we call our quarantine cutie of the week. Have okay. you uh, have you two been seeing some basketball players posting on social media, you know, essentially their self-isolation Other than videos? Victor. Yeah, other than Victor. Well, unfortunately, I got really into that Jamal Murray story. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. <laughs> did you see the video? So I don't know if he qualifies as a cutie of the week. <laughs> yeah, um, did you watch the video? I mean, I did. I did. I didn't watch it more than once, but it like as you, it popped up in my feed as I was like, yeah, well, in the trending, I definitely looked for. Um, but then it popped up, <laughs> and then I watched it. <laughs> How was I, it? I couldn't find it. Um, 
I'm sure he has a team that is just scrubbing the internet of it. Yeah, I think it's it's obviously really unfortunate that he got hacked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For him. Uh, There's been... There's been players that have done like really nice things. I mean, I I've always loved the the LeBron, the James family. It seems yeah. like an easy answer, but you know his dad character is really coming out and yeah, in the TikToks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I love Bronny. That Bronny is like famous in the same way that the Stranger ki- Stranger Things kids are famous. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And so, like, just getting a peek into their life. And I also like what Steph Curry's doing. Like I, I watched most of the, the Dr. Fauci uh, Instagram live, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting all of my information from NBA. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that on our last episode. I think it's really, really smart and like a really admirable thing for Steph to be doing is like sharing that to an audience yeah, that's probably yeah. not paying attention. Like yeah, like Fauci going on Jesus and Mero, Like yes, yeah. go to the place like. We trust those people more than our own president. So to like, disseminate info. Yes. Yeah, also, for sure. This may be a strange quarantine cutie, but I really have such a soft, fond place in my heart for Adam Silver, too. Yeah. yeah. I, and like even imagining having him having to be in this commissioner meeting that went down. It's like, I'm sure Goodell and Trump. They're fine. You know, they could go off in a corner and do whatever they want to do. But yeah. I'm like, Adam Silver is just this like good person who happens to be in charge of a billion dollar industry. Yeah. And I'm sure he's sitting in there like, oh, God, I hate all these losers. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. To go be with these dorks who are also evil, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you hate your coworkers yeah. and you have a day long yeah. meeting with them. <laughs> I just like the one. He's like, yeah, he his wife is cool. Like, I don't think it's got to be something he likes about some of them. Yeah, and I think that's just like what I like about the NBA in, in recent years is that these guys understand the plat their platform and like know the game is like trivial, but that people listen to them uh, and trust them. So like the fact that. They shut down the NBA and took it very, very seriously. And that Adam Silver is like, you know, has always spoken up on social issues. Again, knowing that, like, just like knowing that the power and responsibility they have. Um, and I think they've handled it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But especially because a lot of people were acting like they were overreacting yeah. like at first but then it became clear that it was like oh no this that was definitely the right call and yeah you know who knows how many lives that saved that decision saved yeah, yeah. i mean back to back Rudy Gobert and then the nba suspending and then tom hanks getting it it was like yep i'm this is real yeah this is- yeah for sure um we've we've got a couple clips Okay. Um, we yeah, so play. Steph Curry did. Uh, you mentioned Steph Curry's interview with Dr. Fauci. He's he also hosted a little game show on the NBA TV feed, oh, um, cool. where he had other players on, and so we have a little clip of him talking with Patty Mills. Oh, I love that. Uh, we're all like schedule oriented anyway, based on you know, our normal day to day with basketball, knowing how to figure out the full day. So you got to really start from scratch. The shower is an o- overrated part or underrated part, I should say, <laughs> of the daily routine. Oh, that's the pup right there. Respect. That's the pup. What's his name? His name's Harvey. Harvey, respect. Harvey in there. Harvey, I think he wants to be a part of the trivia contest, too. <laughs> 
I love that you said that's your dog. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I also love Patty Mills. I think Patty Mills is an, is an underrated style guy. And then I also love that Steph Curry still has wired headphones. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, <laughs> in that, it's like a hour long little video. Uh, and in the video, people, um, it was a, it was an Instagram live and people in the comments kept like being like, wear your air, air, like, yeah. like they're like roasting him while he's yeah. doing it. <laughs> and they kept roasting him about his hairline too. They're like, dude, you have, you got clippers, clean it up. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Patty Mills came on, he was like, nice beard, man. Like making fun of <laughs> Steph Curry's beard. Yeah. It was very I mean, funny. That's, the, that's been my whole job, especially, so I work for like, you know, House of Highlights is like a very Gen Z brand. And so mm-hmm. whenever we make stuff or like post stuff, we have to, in like the captions or whatever, we, we try to do what we call like troll proof. Like... <laughs> we evaluate the clip. Is there anything in there? Or is there anything that we're writing where we just can get roasted by 18 year olds? <laughs> That's so funny. We're also scared of being roasted by teens. Yeah. I, that is truly my nightmare. <laughs> it, it's, it's, um, it's harder to the core than like getting a lunchroom roast. Uh, when yeah. 30 and you're like, Oh my God, I do have a bad haircut. Or I <laughs> Uh, we have some. We have like a couple clips of Trey Young um, dancing with his little bro. Let's watch these. His brother is like I don't know nine. I'm bad at Cer- guessing ages. I say between like thirteen and eleven. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cute. Better abs than I would have imagined. His abs are insane. We're getting this parts when I used to see it like I always think of him as like a boy like I think of him as his brother and yeah he's very young and now seeing him next to his brother I'm like oh okay. you know he has been shirtless for the entire like self-isolation he right. keeps posting shirtless pics yeah so That's I think true. he's like oh I gotta I gotta show off these yeah. abs I've got yeah well, let's see the other clip is he shirtless in the other one I'm sure he is. No. Oh no, he's got a shirt on. Nice there too. So cute. Cute. Really cute. I like Trey a lot. I do too. He what a little sweetie pie. And I, I'm pro. I'm pro uh, players getting on TikTok and doing dances. It's just fun. Yeah. Everyone yeah, likes to see it. Sure. I mean, they're cooler than other people's family members, and other people's family <laughs> members are doing it. Yeah. It's true. I'm yeah. <laughs> literally everyone's doing yeah it, which is fine people people should do whatever brings them any kind of joy in this like insanity like i'm not on board with like like shaming people for doing yeah dumb shit I think like the that shaming like the going live shaming that seems to have died out in the first week yeah. and now it's just like well these are the pe- these are people's choices now <laughs> right like if you want to go live like who cares i don't know just don't click on it if you don't want to watch it yeah, yeah. we it's have one more easy. little video of um so espn has been airing these um 2k tournaments let's see pat bev uh playing against i think hassan whiteside yes sir no business in my game he has no business in my game no business. <laughs> in my game. Wow. They thought I forgot about you, Greek. Yeah, Greek. Let him hold. Yeah. I smell it. I smell it. 
I love that this is who he is all the time. Yes. Yeah, he's the same. It's and Hassan Whiteside is just smiling and like perfectly still. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, it must be killing him to not be able to be playing. I mean, I'm sure every player is just like wanting to play more than ever in their lives. But like, but Bev wants to like shove someone and like yeah. talk shit. Yeah, he was like one of his last games was against the Lakers. So like, like in real life, so playing 2K, I'm sure that same like competitiveness is coming out. So it's great that he's still like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man. That made me laugh so hard watching that. Because also, th- I don't know if you caught any of the other 2K uh, players, but a lot of them were pretty boring. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, great concept, but I grew up watching boys play video games and it fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now they're gonna play. They're gonna do horse, right? Is that yeah? ESPN? Which I mean, the last time the NBA did an official horse event was not great. I mean, it was like funny. <laughs> they gave a toy horse as the a toy horse like diorama. Is that what it's called? A diorama was the, the yeah. It, like if you look it up, um, there's a picture. It's Katie. Katie won it. Um, oh my god! And the thing is, like. The trick shots aren't made on the first try, so it, it, it they didn't realize how long and drawn out that is when you take it out of a driveway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds but like I'm, it, I'm like all for it. any content at this point, it's like, yes, exactly. please. But I I do feel like it could be I mean, because they're going to be essentially what they said is they'll have them isolated at their homes or in like a private gym. So. It'll yeah, just be like cutting that, between them. Because I, I think they were, they, what were they saying? They were like in their personal gyms. So like that, that I like that. I want to see everyone's like. Yeah. If we're going to their homes, I want like a full cribs tour. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my God. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah. Like that's perfect content. Like show me where you live and what Open kind of weird shit you bought. And I need to be taken to the private basketball court the same way I would be if I was a guest. I don't want to just be unblindfolded in the court. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Like yeah. first pantry. I want to see some nooks and crannies. I want to see Myers Leonard and his wife and like their whole setup and both of them like making baskets. Like so she's amazing. Coincidentally yesterday I was like, and this is what's been happening this quarantine. I'm like, what stupid thing can I buy to kill my boredom? And I was looking up Papa shots. And I realized, like the main Papa Shot company, um, like a spot, like one of their their signed players is like Myers Leonard, and so it's him and his wife. A lot of their videos. Oh, funny! Uh, them playing against each other, and I'm like, and I already, I already love them. A couple in the videos. That Amazing. So, I saw a video so that cool. sh- that she L Leonard posted of her doing double handed Papa yeah. Shot like speed round it was bananas she's amazing um did you see that they posted their phone numbers and did this like text thing um where they were like text us and then i so i did it i texted a leonard and i it makes you join this like community thing so that she can like mass text people yeah i think that's like a like a lot of like celebrities are yeah. Yeah, I don't, like I've seen like a lot of comedians and stuff. Different number. Yeah, I, I see Amy Schumer yeah. do it. And I think they get like 
Um, yeah, it's not their actual for, number. It's like an app or something. Yeah, what right. You, what, you're trying to take them down, Megan? I don't know. I just want to talk to them directly. <laughs> I, I'd like to talk to this wife. <laughs> I want to FaceTime. I mean, they can they can respond to it. I know, like well, I know, like Paul Shear does it too. She's been responding to me, uh, and it's it's like both. You know, she'll mass text and then I'll respond to that, and then she'll respond to me. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's like. You know, I know it's like it's essentially like Twitter, but you're just doing it through text. But it's it's kind of fun. And I'm glad that they're doing it because it's just like another. What did she say? So um, I'm trying to look it up right now. I so essentially she was like um, the first thing I asked about was like her trick shots and how she started doing them. And then she responded saying that it wasn't intentional. She was just bored and she was like shooting with her opposite hand. Um, and then it went, just went from there. And then she asked me, but I think it was like, she was asking everybody what's a trick shot that she can do, like have a tournament against Myers with. Mm -hmm. So I was saying that they should do like some thing in their house where it like banks off of a banister or something like that. And mm-hmm. she responded, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's like the domino effect of trick shots. And that was it. <laughs> but yeah, it's I like... Want, I want to see their new setup because they're, it looked like their Portland home was like so perfect for basketball videos. Yeah. Yeah. It really was so... It's such a beautiful house. They yeah. had that insane garage slash court. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, their new home is, looks a little bit smaller and maybe not as... I always, on the basketball level, I'm always like, I'm really sad that the Blazers traded him away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is sad. He just seemed like such a hometown guy. Agata, um, at the beginning of the season, said the Heat were going to win it all. (laughs) That's true. So now you'll never know. They could have. I hope we find out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath. I know. He's holding out hope. I think it's, well, listen, we all have little sort of psychiatric tricks we do with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And this is CJ's tiny little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm letting him believe in Santa a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Comes down the chimney and he leaves it. And yeah, honey, it's amazing. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, Normally, we have a segment where we wrap up everything that happens in a in a week into a little segment of headlines. But uh, since we're watching a game from November 19th, 2004, we're going to talk about what was happening in 2004 in Previously on Basketball. Previously on Desperate Housewives. Basketball. <laughs> Desperate Housewives was probably huge at this time, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was. <laughs> It aired the night after this game. So oh, wow. I couldn't find a show that aired the same night as the game, but this one was after. Gabe just has like a stack of old TV guides that he comes yeah. through. <laughs> I, mean, I read that there's like this big TV book, Desperate Network, so I know all about Desperate Housewives. Really? Wow. Yeah. I watched a lot of it. Yeah. I don't, it's been a long time, though. Eva Longoria, Tony Parker's ex. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Mm. Lots of basketball connection to that show. All right. Number one draft pick Dwight Howard is beginning his first season with the Orlando Magic. 
The top movie this weekend is National Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage. Topping the U.S. charts is My Boo by Usher, featuring Alicia Keys. Shaquille O'Neal has been traded to the Heat, and Steve Nash was signed by the Suns. The Nintendo DS handheld console is released in North America. The Boston Red Sox win their first World Series since 1918. Jimmy Fallon was present. (laughs) Reggie Miller is beginning his final season in the NBA after 18 years with the Indiana Pacers. Wow. Wow. Well, that really takes me back. Well, what's wild is like they're all so, so, all those things are so relevant in our household still. I know. Like, those are all things we still talk about. I'm like, National Treasure. I, I'm pushing to watch it this week. Yeah. She, <laughs> in the middle of a movie, she goes, I'd watch National Treasure. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> That's so funny. It's just I, a fun I, movie. I, I love Nick Cage, so I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, actually. But uh, it's I've, fun. Yeah, it's like it Indiana is really John, It's like a cheesier Indiana Jones. Yeah, it, it feels like the mummy, kind of, yeah. like that vibe. That was like a okay. genre of film back then. Yeah. So Amazing. I'm going to check it out. I'm seeing a trend here. I think Gabe, for all of these, is just going to say which Nick Cage movie was popular that year, because... <laughs> I promise it was a total coincidence, but two weeks in a row we had a Nicolas Cage movie as the because last week the, it was Con was Air. Con oh, Air, that's right. That's right. You put he it makes, in a film, it's gonna go to number one. Yeah, he makes a in, movie in my a year, heart, at least. essentially. I promise I'm not making it up. Can we hear a clip from the Usher song? Yeah, absolutely. Which one is it? He's so handsome. This is a bop. Man, when he was in Hustlers, that scene was... I loved that. I got tears in my eyes. Oh my God, me too. When he walked in, it's just... Well, you also know it's like the beginning of the end because she she was like, this is the last great night. And it was like, this was so amazing. He's like grabbing yeah. Alicia Keys' butt and stuff. Yeah, I know. What? They're in Times Square, the most romantic place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the Bubba Gump shrimp or whatever. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of both Usher and Alicia Keys. I think this song fucking Absolutely. rules. Absolutely. Back when she was, quote unquote, wearing makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song's I great. I love I- Usher. I do too. He looks great. He hasn't aged. What were we watching? Yeah, three, oh, we- three nights ago, we were, we were watching um, Game <clears throat> Seven of the 2016 NBA Finals. And during the trophy ceremony, Usher is there. Megan was like, "Why is Usher there?" But he, he owned uh, part of the company or part of the team. Oh no way! Wow, I didn't know that. And then we ran into him at Little Dom's. We did see him at Little Dom's. <gasps> oh, that's so cool! What a dream. Oh, uh-huh. Um, I think we have a picture of Dwight Howard as a rookie. Do we want to see wow. that? Yeah, let's look at it. Oh, he kind of looks the same to me. Yeah. You know what? I'm really happy that he's had like a resurgence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sort of. I don't, everything that happened last year was very complicated and really layered. I don't think necessarily sports fans are the best to handle a range of sexuality. Yeah. Right. And so I'm happy that now 
it, like he has teammates that seem to like him and that he really like he's good on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. He's valuable. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I loved like his story was for this season was just like such a heartwarming story where it's like he put in the work, he got super fit and was just like having this great comeback. Yeah. I like his purple hair now too. <laughs> He's crazy. I mean, <laughs> in a positive way. Like I, we were hot. I was high. Maybe we were watching a game and I was like, I got to get what Dwight Howard has. Like my Lexapro <laughs> is not giving me the boost that I'd like it to, but I'd love to get on what he's got. <laughs> He kind of has a bit of um, not not as intense, obviously, but a bit of Dennis Rodman energy just with his yes. look. Right. Yeah, it's almost um, and he's playing it well and contributing, but it almost there is like a mascot vibe to it. Too. Well, and this is what I think the greats do is like that's why Jordan, he figured out how to get the most out of Rodman. And I think LeBron before the season when everyone was like, I think the Lakers signed Dwight Howard and everyone's like no but then LeBron I feel like LeBron had a big part in me like let's give him a shot like you know I think in what, it was 2009 the Magic were the ones who stopped the uh, LeBron from making the finals that year when they thought it was going to happen I think right. he saw something in Dwight was like we just got to enable him in the right way wow Papa LeBron again yeah. is he's just like he's such a good people person yeah. yeah, I just want him to tell me what to do with my life. I yeah, know. That would be nice. But the thing is, it would be too much. Like, he'd be like, you yeah. do XYZ. And I'd be like, oh, you're right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's really bad. You're like, I just want to watch right. National Treasure. Yeah. Yeah. What What were you guys doing um, in November 2004? Do you remember? I remember this um, exact moment. Um, I was not watching the game live. But my dad called me. I think he was like texting me. And then he called me. I was a freshman in college. And we Mm -hmm. like got it on TV ASAP. And then that was all we really watched that night. And then the next day. And then that Sunday, I went to the Colts. The Colts had a home game. And Steven Jackson and Ron Artest walked out of the tunnel at one point. And no one knew that they were there. And then like the cameras found them and they put them up on the big screen and they got a standing ovation. Oh my God. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> this was, you know, it's, and we will get into this. I'm sure this was when Indy was still very much on the team's side. Mm-hmm. And then at some point it feels like they, my hometown uh, abandoned that team to some extent. Well, wow. I mm. coincided with Reggie's last season next year. Jamal Tinsley had some hiccups, and then it sort of became like, you know, I, I think a, a small market that's sort of notoriously known for, I don't think Indiana's known for great race relations. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we look back on this now with better, like, understanding of that. Yeah. But it became the indie was like, Oh, maybe this isn't an isolated incident. Maybe these are just a group of really bad guys. Mm, right. And, and that took time for that to happen. I don't think that I, I, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Jamal Tinsley, I don't know if I'd let him, like, babysit my nephew, but <laughs> but he seems to kind of be the... Bobby and Jamal Tinsley. You think Bobby and Jamal Tinsley? No, I have on, <laughs> on good record that Jamal Tinsley was a, was a bad apple, okay. for sure. CJ, what were you doing in 2004? I was working at a, at a family-owned movie theater, and it's still one of my favorite jobs in my whole life. Because um, we only had four screens, and we also, it was... Uh, we had a 17 screen Cinemark theater that everyone always went to, but then it was just like this small four screen theater. My manager and owner was actually, he was committing fraud. The <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Um, but yeah, and, and it was my first job and I was like, what? I can eat all the popcorn I want and see bad boys too, as many times as I want. <laughs> this, is the great, this is the greatest time of my life so thanks honey yeah um, <laughs> amazing yeah, that's what i was doing so i remember getting off my shift and my friend calling me and telling me to watch sports under that yeah oh yeah i that's awesome i was uh living with my boyfriend after right after college and he kind of actually got me into the nba i would say um and he just had this game on in the background and we kind of were doing other stuff, just like putzing around yeah. the house while the game was on. And then when the fight broke out, we both like ran to the couch, like, Oh my God. And then it just like escalated and escalated. Uh, but I remember this game so clearly because of that. Yeah. Agata, what were you doing in 2004? You're in diapers. Uh, I definitely was not watching the NBA <laughs> or noticed anything. <laughs> um, I was in high school. I was working at Papa John's. Nice. I was making five fifteen an hour, uh, sw- throwing pizza dough in the air, um, and taking phone calls from people who were super stoned. <laughs> <laughs> what a dream! <laughs> yeah, probably me. Probably me calling. so this week as you probably already know we watched the indiana pacers at the detroit pistons on november 19th 2004 aka malice at the palace let's meet the boys let's meet the boys great group of guys so on the pacers We have starters Ron Artest, who is now known as Meta World Peace, uh, Jamal Tinsley, Stephen Jackson, Austin Kershier, and Jermaine O'Neal off the bench. (laughs) We have Fred Jones, David Harrison, and Eddie Gill. Head coach Rick Carlisle, who had so much hair back then. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And uh, poor Reggie Miller had a broken uh, hand. I know, his little hand. Yeah. On the Pistons, <laughs> we've got Richard Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, off the bench, Antonio McDyess. 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 Okay. Uh, Lindsey Hunter and Smush Parker. Great name. Head coach, Larry Brown. Uh, Larry Brown had just had hip surgery. Okay. Because I kept commenting on the size of his chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's the very first thing in my notes. I'm like, Larry Brown's 
got the biggest chair I've ever seen. <laughs> it's huge. A huge desk chair. They, it looks like he's at Office Depot. They said they brought it in. He looks so tiny in it. Like it looks like the big fu- comfy couch. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, they, they said they brought it in from the office. Okay. <laughs> in the I mean, palace. I mean, Visually, I had so much fun seeing it. So (laughs) I'm I'm sad to know that there was a reason because I just hoped that Larry Brown was like, no, I want a big chair. but now this does make sense. <laughs> they should get rid of the be- the normal bench and just only put chairs like that. Couch yeah. Just, the <laughs> just um, get a sectional there. Well, because, yeah, then they, like, cut for a while, and I'm like, he's sitting on Jeff Foster's lap. So <laughs> yeah. what's happening here? All right, let's get into the game. <laughs> so a little background information the pistons won the 2004 nba championship versus the lakers but they actually um fought with the pacers for the eastern conference finals um the year before so do you remember that megan oh yeah i remember um i specifically remember that tayshaun prince uh block on reggie that was like at the end of one of the early games. I can remember my friend's garage. I was sitting and watching it. And as we started watching this game today, I had forgotten how much I like truly hated this Pistons team. Like as a Pacers fan, I had not felt like we had a rival that we really disliked since like the Knicks before this. Mm-hmm. Um, it like, as I was seeing them and like seeing Rip Hamilton in his little plastic mask, I was like, Ooh, I hated all these dudes for sure. Yeah. It seemed like they really hated each other kind of from the get go. They were so amped up in this game. Yeah. That was, uh, the game um, was pretty messy. To yeah. start, like, it, was, it was a little chippy. Well, I mean, the Pacers were handedly beating them, though. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. the whole entire game. Yeah, yeah. the first half, they were, it was like, they, they were, were up by 20. By 20. Yeah. It was crazy. And you talk about enforcers, like, this is like all of, like, the best enforcers from the early 2000s were on both the Pacers and Pistons. Like, mm-hmm. Pacers had not only runner test, metal world piece, whatever, but they also had Steven Jackson. Yeah. Um, and then on the Pistons, you had uh, Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. Like that is already a recipe for just a, a, a very physical game. You know what I did not know about this game until to the rewatch today was that um, Tim Donahue was one of the refs. Yeah. I saw that too, and it, like he was fixing games, or what was his deal? Yeah. He was being he was gambling on games, then fixing the outcomes. Yeah, and would accept like bribes here and there. And I I come from the very small Pete Rose camp of like victimless crime. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, not great, but I don't think you need to go to jail, honey. But then when I saw him, and and we were watching sort of like a commentary about it, and they were saying how the refs did like a specifically bad job yeah. at, at the end of this game. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like the most notoriously it's just criminal yeah, ref a- in the history of professional sports across every single league. It's a fun extra well, element. That's so crazy. Sure. 
at the beginning of the game, the announcers who were Mike Breen and Bill Walton and someone else who I didn't catch. Jim but Gray. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they mentioned that one of the refs who I who I think was like the most visible ref during the malice portion. Mm-hmm. Uh his his name was I think it's something Nunez Jr. Maybe Oscar Nunez Jr. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about now. And he's tiny, and this was his rookie season. This was his first time being an NBA ref. And it's like two months into the season. <laughs> and yeah. he like probably mishandled things quite a bit, but also uh had to deal with, you know, the intense emotions flying from both teams. Right. I kind of feel for him a little bit. Well, yeah, because I think what ended up happening in this game is now like a teaching moment for how they handle things <laughs> going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like what we're dealing with right now. It's like, well, there's no pandemic guidebook. There yeah. was no run our test runs into the crowd <laughs> guidebook. And you see and you you see the chaos because of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think they probably show this video in ref school. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was wild. I yeah, I'd never seen it before today, so it was crazy. Kid Rock was also there. Um, yes. you, really, yeah. <laughs> you honestly like when you're watching this portion, you see how important the coaches for each team were in preventing even more people going into. Like you see some more Pacers players go, about to go into the crowd. And then there's assistant coaches just like pushing them back onto the court because I think they knew how bad that that could be. Yeah. Yeah. I Can you imagine if like everyone got suspended for the whole season? Uh, that would be insane. Can I tell you guys my secret? CJ does not like the secret, but <laughs> I, I think it's going really to get mentioned. Interesting. Yes. Please. I, interesting. I made out with someone who was playing at the Malice of the Palace. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> what? And I did not rem- I did not remember that he was a part of the team at that point. You don't want to say who? I mean it's it's Fred Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it's Fred Jones. Um, That's so exciting. Oh my god. When I saw That's him, so cool. When I saw him there I was like, wow, okay. I and like I felt simultaneously like important and old. <laughs> I just googled I just googled Fred Jones and it pulled up the guy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> I mean, he's a babe too. Fred Jones <laughs> is very handsome. That, yeah, my response to that now is um why didn't you ask him for an autograph for your future husband? <laughs> I think that's my new angle of why I get to be mad about it. Well, and what's like what's interesting is I I guess I just forgot that he was at the Malice at the Palace because when I first and only time I met Fred Jones, I I wanted to talk to him because I wanted to ask him about this. Like I I wasn't like, hey baby. Like I was like, no, yeah, g- give me Stephen Jackson's psychology here. <laughs> um, like, I went. In, listen, I had to take one for a team and give him a little smooch, but right. I went mm-hmm. to try and get inside info, gotcha. CJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything for the content yeah i'm a i'm a reporter at heart i'm a journalist <laughs> yeah you gotta sometimes fight for those inside tips so <laughs> totally i mean just kissing an nba player whoo i know what a dream what a dream yeah, it's pretty cool i do feel pretty cool 
<laughs> you should. <laughs> I feel like you should put like a patch on every shirt you wear. <laughs> It says well, I kiss and I I couldn't remember which Pacers player I had made out with. And so like once a year I'd be really drunk, you know, telling a story, telling the story because it was like a great brag. And I would be like, oh shoot. I freak. so I'd have to text my brother which Pacers player did I make out with. And he it's like, it's Fred Jones, and I never want you to ask me this again. That is so funny. Um I mean, that's amazing. I feel like anyone the, there there are so many like histories written down about this like you know you can read Rick Carlisle's account of the malice yeah. of the palace and the ESPN book has um a really good account of what like the broadcasters or the people that were like producing the game mm-hmm. it, that's a very interesting account and the ringer has an oral history as well Totally. Like that I was looking through that before yeah. this podcast just to like get a little info and it's kind of amazing like you can hear like mike breen and those guys still talking i was Mm -hmm. like where are they i couldn't see them when we were watching it but i was like are they still at the desk (laughs) yeah because it kind of it started at the scorers yeah right um you know and then also larry brown like grabbing the microphone and yelling at the whole stadium is yeah like yeah, every time I rewatch it, I find something new that's so interesting. It's a bit of a Where's Waldo. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> there's. Um, it's the first time I noticed there's a guy who has a credential on who throws a punch. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Like, well, who's yeah, that guy? <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think in the recent years, I've I've grown a lot more sympathetic for the players, and they had it. It was they were standing up for themselves, like right. Uh, some of them, you know, I mean, I think it's it's not as black and white as I think everyone looked at it uh, back in the day. I mean, to me, it's very black and white. I think that the Pacers were not in the wrong at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, you know, as a Pacers fan, like, we're, we're supposed to talk to my family after this. And I, so like I told my family that we were watching the mouse at the palace and one of my brothers and my dad, like immediately upset, you know, like immediately back to that place. And are like, that costs us, that costs Reggie a ring. Like yeah. we feel very much like robbed and also robbed on the behalf of Reggie. But also when you see what happened to these players, it's like, I totally, you, you watch Ron Artest go through what you learn in anger management. Like he, him and, him and Ben Wallace are into it. And then he separates himself. He's laying yeah. on a table with his hands, smiling, like trying to decompress, counting to 10, doing all of those things. And then someone did something extremely violating and, and frightening and he reacted. And then of course his teammates react too. Right. It, so what what happened when he was laying down? Someone like threw something at him. A cup, threw, threw beer at him. Someone threw a, a cup full of beer at him. Mm, I see. You know, and it, it's also it, you know when you think about what happened last year with that um, minority owner in the Warriors who like held on, yes, yeah. right? And that, and that was immediately like he has to sell his share and he's banned for the next year. Like yeah. people know now, but like. In the NBA, for so long, it's been these richer people because they're sitting closest to the court right on top of these players. And 
it can create an extremely toxic, frightening environment for those players. Yeah. I do remember after this game, the kind of media story, the narrative that was being sent out there was that Ron Artest is mentally unhinged, that he is a like disgrace to the NBA, that he's a dangerous person. And looking back on it it's like when you actually see the footage and everything you you realize cuz you're seeing the crowd come down onto yeah. the court and yeah. square up in front of players yeah. and it's yeah. like they're just trying to defend themselves and not get attacked and they're much bigger than a lot of these dumb audience members who think right. they can fight run our tests yeah. i mean uh, the players and coaches and anyone and any like medical staff that's out there, they're outnumbered 40,000 to 14, you know, like they, you see the credential guy. So yeah, you don't know who like is security going to flip on you. Like there had to be a moment of like, Oh shit, we are in a stadium where everyone is against us. And there are people, there are security and cops that have guns, for sure. Uh, I read that Derek Coleman was protecting Larry Brown and his son because Larry Brown had just had hip surgery and he's in his big comfy chair. And they just thought they were going to get crushed by people. Yeah. So Derek Coleman was like standing in front of them, uh, you know, essentially protecting them. And it's like, that's insane that he had to do that. Yeah, it really is. But that's how, like, because if I got anywhere even close to a coach of my favorite team, I'd be like, protect them. But, like, everyone, everyone was just seeing red. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt, it felt like it was going on for, like, 20 minutes, too. <laughs> like, you just couldn't get it under control. Yeah. Yeah. Like, every time it seemed like it was calming down, it was like, oh, right, here we go again. Well, and then you see the, the Pacers players going to, the t- going through the tunnel and they're poor fans and it's, poor. I mean, it, it's some of the most like disturbing visuals from sports fans you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. There was, yeah, it uh, is fucked up. I don't remember who it was, but there was a player walking through the tunnel, a Pacers player, and they put something over his head and people were like trying to throw punches at his head, like as yeah. he's walking through the tunnel. Pouring full beers yeah. on him. It's, yeah, because he, the, the thing is like, you got to protect the players. And it's weird that that wasn't in place after having, what, 50 years, more than 60 years of, of basketball at that point. Right. You don't know that it could get this bad. And right. then all these drunk fans are just like yeah. losing their shit. Uh, like whenever I go to a sporting event, sometimes you'll, they'll give you like a bottle of water without the cap. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, That's, this is largely because of stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you, you see Reggie Miller when Ron Artest is laying on the scorer's table. Reggie Miller's kind of like standing in front of him trying mm-hmm. to like make sure he's calm and everything. And mm-hmm. I just was thinking he has a broken hand. Like yeah. he's like in the middle of this and he has a broken hand. Yeah. And well, and it was funny because like the commentators at the very beginning of the game, this was right around the time that it was like rumored that our test had asked for a bunch of time off to promote his rap album. Right. And so there it in the, in the media, it seemed like the, 
Pacers players were all fighting with Ron Artest. And so Ron Artest, like everyone had been on this kind of week long, we like him, we like him, trying to prove that they were all good. And so it wasn't like a player that there had never been stories written about them like being an issue. Like this is, I think that he's unfairly painted as an issue, but like that, that was already the environment that was happening uh, uh, around just the Pacers. Right. I, I heard that in the, in the video that we watched, the announcers were saying that a bunch of players were coming out saying like, no, you know, we're friends with Ron Artest. We want to support him. Like he just wanted to spend time with his family or whatever. They were like defending him. And then I don't know which announcer it was, but one of them said, he's actually very, a very likable person when you get to know him. (laughs) I think he, I mean, like I've honestly never heard anyone say a bad word about him. Yeah. And this is, Obviously, I mean, he thanked his therapist when he won, you know, like he's someone who has obviously had mental health struggles. And I think we've had to like watch some of that, but I don't think he's a bad guy in any, any way. I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, And uh, stepping back away from the malice for a minute, (laughs) uh, throughout the whole game, like we were saying, it was very chippy. And Mm -hmm. there were so many moments where like Rashid Wallace was shit talking. I want to say Jermaine O'Neal while he was uh, shooting a free throw. And the commentators were like, whoa, why is the, why are the refs letting that happen? Like often they'll stop, you know, stop them from talking or whatever during a free throw. And, um, uh, Rashid Wallace also got a tech in the first half, I think maybe even the first quarter. Um, the There was lots of uh, fouling, lots of shoving, uh, lots of very intense aggravation uh, towards the refs even during yeah. this game. The, it kind of felt like it was coming to a boiling point and then it's almost over. It's like less than a minute left. And I believe... It was Ben Wallace uh, who got bumped by Ron Artest. He then shoved Ron Artest in the neck, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, just keeps coming at him, keeps coming at him until Ron Artest is at the scorer's table. And then he just kind of lays down uh, while people pull Ben Wallace away from him. Again, like you're saying, he just does what he's kind of supposed to do. He lays down, yeah. he cools out. Um, but as this fight is happening, all, both benches come out onto the court, yep. uh, run at, at the two and, and just that, that brawl continues. It kind of calms down a little bit and then someone throws the cup at Ron Artest and yeah. it amps up right back up and uh, people are just running down onto the court. Um, there's kind of a crazy moment where, like this like dude some like random dude who's like not in great shape just runs at Ron Artest and he just knocks him to the ground on the court and I don't mean to laugh but it was like what was that guy thinking yeah there's a lot of that what are you guys like don't go on the court these fans are just get socked by Steven Jackson yeah I mean that's like one of my favorite moments of all time really fucking Steven Jackson but it's really too I mean it's like those men that were like, I could have a, hit a serve off Serena. It's like, okay, you think you could fight an NBA player? Let's go. 
it's crazy <laughs> i i bet those guys like still to this day will like talk about it in a bar or something be like hey i was one of those guys that well, ran yeah. out in malice at the palace i know those pistons fan like the guy who threw the beer he got a lifetime ban yeah right? but he him and meta world peace are friends uh, well, oh friends. my god yeah are they what friends? they're they're friendly yeah they've checked out it's like you know they check on each other I wonder who else of the fans, because you see a lot of bad behavior. Yeah. Who else of those fans got lifetime bans? Yeah, I'm sure right. there's a lot of studying of video. I mean, that that stuff happens a lot. Like, I mean, more recently, like James Dolan, it like polices the fans at the yeah. garden and like gives out lifetime bans. A comedian we know has a lifetime ban from there. Oh my god! Um, really? Yeah, because he for what? I, I think he he had a sign that about like, Dolan, or like no, he tweeted something about Dolan. Yeah, and they went and found him. Oh, oh wow. my god! Wow, too. Yeah, um, but not at like they saw the tweet and then found his seat and and then Jeez. kicked him out. Wow, um, but that's yeah, crazy stuff like this. Yeah, I was saying earlier, like rules have been created because of this. Like players can get fined or suspended just for leaving the bench, mm-hmm. right? Not even doing anything, but it's because of this this very moment. Yeah, that makes sense because. I, it de- it did escalate very quickly as everyone like ran towards the fight. Yeah. Um. Just to summarize the suspensions and everything, Run Artest was suspended for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Steven Jackson got 30 games uh, suspension. Jermaine O'Neal got 15 games. Ben Wallace got six games. Anthony Johnson got five games. And then one game each for Reggie Miller, Chauncey Billups, Derek Coleman, Eldon Campbell, David Harrison did not get suspended for any games, but he did have legal action taken uh, along with Jermaine O'Neal, Stephen Jackson, and Ron Artest. So they all got one year's probation, $250 fine, community service, and uh, mandatory anger management therapy. I thought you were wow. when you said, but, I, but he's bad at basketball. So going <laughs> <laughs> to be out of the league anyways. Let's give out some donkeys. Oh, yeah. Donkey. So our donkeys are awards that we give out for arbitrary categories that we make up on the spot. Um, we always give out most points, which goes to the Pacers. They uh, they technically won this game, even though it never officially ended. They ended it at 45 seconds. Uh, yeah. The score was 97-82. Unfortunately, we look at that as like we won that battle and then we very much lost the war. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have some donkeys. Yay. Sure. I'd like to give a donkey to Larry Brown's chair um, <laughs> oh. for being the best chair in the whole stadium. I had the same donkey on my list. Oh my god! Great. Wow. <laughs> and it's um, a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, and <laughs> I've got a donkey for Reggie for even just being comfortable in a suit with your arm up in the air like that. In <laughs> mm-hmm. So coolest like cast position, I guess would that be that award? Yeah. And then um, I'd like to give a donkey to my husband too. I know he wasn't a part of the Malice Palace, but he did. Um, clean our kitchen this morning. And so he gets, <laughs> he gets a donkey for being the coolest husband. Nice. Wow. That um, is a cool husband. 
My donkey I'm stealing from you is I'm going to give a donkey for Rick Carlisle's really tiny mouth <laughs> during the whole thing. <laughs> like he has a very, very tiny mouth. Um, and also, I love to bring up just how uncanny of a resemblance to Jim Carrey he has. Yes. Uh, but, and also, too, because like when Jim Carrey like shaved his head for a role, I think Rick Carlisle shaved his head, too. And yeah, I don't mean I think he gets annoyed by the comparison, but it is truly one of the most uncanny doppelganger situation in the world. Our Amazing. Oh, I have one more donkey. I forgot. Okay. I'd also like to give a donkey to the Pacers organization for always somehow having the ugliest group of white men on their team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? They're like, are you white and over 6'4? You're on the Pacers now. <laughs> I want to give a donkey to those two Pistons fans for being the biggest losers I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate them. (laughs) For running onto the court and thinking that they could fight an NBA player. Wow. Unfortunately, that's still plus one point. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. That's the rules. (laughs) I think I want to give biggest hair to Ben Wallace. Uh, He there was a comment from the commentators that said that Ben Wallace had previously mentioned that when he um, picks his hair out bigger, that he actually runs faster and jumps higher. (laughs) I can see him believing that for sure. (laughs) Um, I think I also want to give, I guess, most zoot suit to uh, the Pacers bench are the yeah. injured players. Yes. Those suits are so big and uh, it really kind of set the time and place. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I like know the specific store in Indianapolis where they all bought those. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, do you have a donkey you want to give out? Yeah. Um, I want to give biggest piece of trash in the arena to Kid Rock. <laughs> um, that guy's horrible and he was there when i worked for the pistons we did a video uh with him and he was terrible and it was like almost like comforting i was like yes i i I would because there's some celebrities are like they're bad or like they do a good thing you're like oh there's a little bit of a soft spot in them but jim or jim carrey kid rock through and through terrible human being i believe it All right, who wins the donkeys? Let's see. I'm just going to calculate here really quickly. It's definitely the Pacers uh, win this one. Uh, Congratulations, Pacers. Woo! (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I like how the sound drops for both of these teams were very mechanical. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's... They're, they both have mechanical backstories to yeah, their names. Yeah, it's true. Totally. I bet Detroit's mad at us because of that. They think they fucking... They invented the car. We raced the car, okay? They're like, no, we're <laughs> cars. <laughs> All right. Our, um, next week, we don't know yet what we're doing. We haven't even talked about it. So we'll figure it out. We'll post about <laughs> it on knows. Twitter. It's okay. Um, you know, life's a mess right now, you guys. Don't. Don't judge us. We're playing it moment by moment. We are. We had lots of plans for before the world imploded and now we're adjusting and that's (laughs) fine. Um, So let's get into our mail basket. Today we have an email from an Australian listener, Jason S. He says, 
Hi, ANA. Just wanted to share a story about my own courtside experience. In 2014, I was traveling to the U.S. with my friends. Being from Australia, I always try to match our itinerary to NBA games. Uh, We were in Nashville the night of a Grizz versus Mavs game and in memphis and we decided to make the drive we called the front office and asked and to ask how close we could get it happened that the courtside seats at half court were available for only 400 dollars a pop that was a lot of money but we figured it was a once in a lifetime shot so we jumped at it the experience was awesome we went in a vip entrance went to an exclusive bar got a wink from zach randolph as he was stretching pre-game and got to watch a competitive game full of great players but the absolute highlight was when tony allen went chasing after a loose ball and crashed straight into us never has the pain been more worth it when i got home i loaded the game on league pass just to watch it again and it was incredible anyway all this is to say to keep the courtside dream alive go to a small market during the week and make some calls directly to the organization you never know what will happen it is a hundred percent worth the effort um have loved the pause since you guys started hope you keep making content while the season is down i'd love to see you watch either classic games or venture into completely foreign sports hey we're already doing one of those jason <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome um and he said ps more gabe always um everyone loves thank you so much that, hi thanks <laughs> that um we we talk on this to cj and megan we talk on this show about how we want to sit courtside eventually it's a real dream of ours so we love I- to hear the stories of people getting to live that dream have you guys ever been courtside i have sat courtside of a few times at pacers games and my dad got yelled at by chris paul once when we were wow yeah my dad was like mad that chris paul was complaining and so he yelled like quit crying and then chris (laughs) yelled back you don't sign my checks old man (laughs) amazing and it was really and i had a friend at the game that texted me did your dad just get yelled at by chris paul that's That's amazing we think about these fans who fought the pacers like if if her dad jeff was a younger man he was not <laughs> no way he would have been like i love your hustle yeah. you know like pat him on the butt like you're okay big dog yeah <laughs> that's amazing oh i'm so jealous someday that will be us we'll be we'll have somebody crashing into us or we'll yell at somebody yeah cj do you ever get uh you, do you ever get to be up close and personal yeah, I, I've, I've, I've been gotten to sit courtside, but through work, I've been able to just like stand um, stand on the court. Like I stood on the court during, was it the 2017 dunk contest? One by oh. Glenn Robinson, uh, the third. So that was cool. But it, I think it is something special to sit courtside though. Our one friend let us sit second row. Uh, he was working at Staples for the home opener Lakers Clippers this year. Oh, wow. Truly. It was only for the first half, but um, it was really cool. It was was really cool seeing it, seeing it that close. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, Jason, for writing to us. You guys can send us a message at hi at dunk.town, or you can leave a voicemail on our cutie hotline, 903-420-DUNK. Talk about your favorite, all-time players, teams, moments, anything you want us to cover, any movies, TV shows, anything you should we think we should watch and talk about on the show. We're kind of open to whatever at this point because um, life is weird and we're just doing whatever the fuck feels like right in that moment. 
um thank you cj and megan for being here um is there anything you guys would like to plug um we'd love if you listen to the greatest we have been accused of being basketball biased so if you like this (laughs) you'll like that and gosh i have live shows that are happening in the fall but we'll just we'll just see we'll just see yeah yeah everyone should follow both of you on twitter yeah we 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 tweet a lot of basketball in this house for sure (laughs) cj do you have anything else nope that's it i mean yeah just anything uh, just follow us on social media and you'll see what we're doing he made a really great wolverine video last week (laughs) nice um amazing yeah deconstructing a meme i thought it was beautiful i think he's very very talented and you know what pretty handsome too (laughs) nice nice plug you guys like recently got married right yeah less uh less than four months congrats congratulations it's a true buzzer beater wedding (laughs) (laughs) it was like i know a lot of people are having to cancel no we were were really lucky we feel very lucky and i consider our wedding to be the end of civilization (laughs) (laughs) well uh well thank you so much for doing this we really appreciate your time uh, we got to have you guys back and do an actual game once the season yeah. starts. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. Of Our course. pleasure. Thank you to everyone for listening and coming on this journey with us. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I am on Twitter at Echo underscore Mint and on Instagram, Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both as Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website. It's dunk.town. If you like the show, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps us and we really appreciate it. We have t-shirts, stickers, and hoodies available for sale at dunk.town slash store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for all of your design work. Thank you to Andrew Clotworthy for our original theme song. 